Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you for the remainder of this hour this evening. We've had a lot of folks texting in after the last segment. And I want, I want to address one of the, one of the topics uh, that was raised, or one of the questions, rather, that was raised by a person who texted in. And if this is you, by the way, I would love for you to call in. This is a great idea to actually discuss SNL coin. in person. Or we could discuss it with SNL coin. You know, that would work, too. And uh, no, but I would love to discuss this. But here's the text. He, he or she said, you just make this stuff up as you go. The system is built by the system built by all of us allows such wealth to be accumulated. Why is it so difficult to ask those who benefit most to give back in a way that allows others the same security they have? And you know what? That's a good point. That's a good point. But my question back to the texter, and I would certainly love if you're still listening to call in to discuss this, is how much how much is enough? Where do we where do we draw that magic line that says, here's what you pay as your fair share when it comes to taxes? What is that? And in 30 years that I've been asking that question both on and off the air, no one will ever tell me what's the fair share. No one will ever tell me that. And in reading, I've never read what anyone should think is a fair share. No one will define what that is. So in other words, what the definition becomes is a fair share that you should pay is more than what you're currently paying. But I'm not going to tell you what that should be. I'm not going to fix a point. But your fair share should be more than what you're currently paying. So let's look at the numbers. And in 2020, that's the most recent data that we have from the IRS. In 2020, the top 1% of taxpayers, the top 1% paid 42% of all income taxes. So you have 1% of people paying 42% of all taxes. Is that enough? Is that a fair share or should it be higher? And if so, what should it be? In other words, what should it be? Because in the 1960s, under John F. Kennedy, the top marginal tax rate was, I believe, in the 70 or 80 percent range. So if someone is going to be in a course with a marginal tax rate, that means 
On the first amount of money you pay, you pay it at a lower rate. As you make more money, it gets taxed at a higher and higher rate. But if you get to that rate where you only get to keep 20 cents out of every dollar you earn, then then why earn it? In other words, if 80% of what you make, you don't get to keep, in, in what universe is that considered fair? In what universe is that considered okay? So when I talked about before where where in some instances the increase of rights means a decrease of freedom, in that circumstance, if you're paying an 80% tax rate, your freedom is incredibly curtailed. It basically, at that point, you're an indentured servant for the government. If 80% of what you're making goes to the government and you get to keep 20, you're just a just a, a hair away from, from indentured servitude at that point. So that's part of what, what I was talking about in that last segment, that when I look at folks like Bill Gates and they've made a pledge to give away their wealth, I applaud them. Good for you. And I look at Jeff Bezos and he's not giving anything away. And I say, you know what? You're a cad and you're a fool and you're a narcissist. Give some of that away. You've been blessed. You have an ethical duty to give back, particularly if you look at Bezos, of all the people who worked hard to put him where he was, he truly has an ethical duty to give back to those who are less fortunate. But does he have a legal obligation to give back? And that's the part that makes me question, is is it true freedom? Are we losing our freedom if the Bernie Sanders of this world say there should be no billionaires? And and there was a there was a joke going around a couple of weeks ago that Bernie Sanders burned all of his Taylor Swift CDs once he found out she became a billionaire. Now, I don't think there, there's no truth to that. There's don't don't repeat lies. There's no truth to Bernie Sanders burning Taylor Swift CDs. But you get the point that I'm making. And that is, oh, I can like someone until they become a billionaire and now I can't like them anymore. But we don't know what Taylor Swift gives away. We don't know uh, we do know that she takes care of her crew very well. She pays their health insurance. She gives them huge bonuses. She takes care of them financially. God bless her. That's great. And, and But in that context, though, that has to be her decision. That's not a decision that Bernie Sanders gets to make. That's not a decision that Ted Cruz gets to make. That's a decision that Taylor Swift has to make, or whether it's Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos. Because if the government comes in and makes that decision, then their rights are thereby being impeded and their freedoms are being reduced. So the person who texted that in said uh, he's going to call in or he or she's going to call in after, uh, after he gets the kiddos to bed. So I welcome that conversation, not to have a debate, but to have a conversation about how do we work through these ideas of where one person's responsibility legally ends, but where does their ethical responsibility and moral responsibility begin? 314-436-7900. Call or text. And speaking of billionaires, uh, coming up after the break, there, I love space. I love all things space. But as I was digging into the, the most recent SpaceX Starship launch, to me, the, the most amazing part is not that it got launched into space, 
that it got through all the government red tape. We'll go through all of that next on At Your Service. Don't go away. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in this evening. And, of course, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? What in your life do you give thanks for? And to whom do you give the thanks? 314-436-7900. Would love to hear from you. Kathy has been holding through the break. Hey, Kathy, welcome to KMOX. Hey, Brad. Um, You were talking about the fair taxes. Back in the 1990s, so I don't know what the number would be today, a dear friend of mine who worked within the federal government had figured it out that if every single person from birth on paid like $2,000 a year, the government would have more than enough money to fund itself. And he had figured it out as far as, and it was from birth on, and if you could not pay the 2000 for yourself for that year, then you did some type of service that would equivalent to the paying the 2000 Now, that has a lot, in, and it made sense to me then. It still makes sense to me now, although we know so many people would dodge out of it, and you've got all the illegals, and they'll never keep track, and blah, 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 blah. But... What I'm, but that was the idea I called in on, and what I'm thankful for is having two hours every week where we can have an intelligent 
conversation. So thank you so much, and have a great Turkey Day. Well, thank you. Well, don't run off, Kathy. I appreciate that. I appreciate your comment, and I appreciate the fact that that you recognize that that ideas to me are extremely interesting. And so that's why I like this medium where we get to talk about ideas. But oh, essentially but essentially what you laid out Kathy is the is what we call a flat tax that that and many have floated this idea on on should we just have a flat tax. So if you're Bill Gates, you would pay the same amount of money as a plumber. You know, you everybody would pay the exact same amount. And of course the argument against that position is that even though everyone pays the same amount, it has a disparate impact because $2,000 a year, whatever it would be today adjusted for inflation, that doesn't mean anything to Bill Gates. But to a guy who makes ten grand a year, $2,000 would be an enormous chunk. So that's why I think we don't get anywhere. And so uh, I, I think the best model that I've heard floated is kind of a modified flat tax where there's a requirement that everyone pay something and – the wealthier pay, pay a little bit more, and those who aren't so wealthy pay a little bit less, but everybody pays something. But don't you feel like there are a lot of folks in this country who pay no taxes, but, but should and certainly could be able to pay something? Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I agree completely, because there's always ways that even if you cannot afford it financially, you can afford it through service in some capacity. Whether sure. it's, it's um, and even the disabled can help in some capacity unless they're truly that disabled and you've got the, the family taking care of them and, and you know the extreme I'm talking about, but um, without babbling too much. But um, everybody can do something. And that's where we seem to have forgotten a lot of this in, mm-hmm. the, in the process. And there used to be a lot of volunteering when you and I were, were young and growing up and that's a big problem now in a lot of rural areas where I live is trying to get volunteers for the fire department or the ambulance squad. Sure. And, you know, that's a big deal when you live out in a rural area and you can't, you don't have fire or ambulance service. So it, it, hmm. it's, it's something that we need to be thinking about as a government, as a country, more than the government. Boy, Kathy, I was just reminded as you were telling me that as I was growing up in rural southern Illinois, uh, in the in the late '60s and and during the '70s, uh, my dad was a volunteer firefighter, mm-hmm. and 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 all of his buddies were volunteer firefighters, and they enjoyed the the that camaraderie of saying, "We're helping our fellow citizens, those in our community. We're helping them because if we all do something to help, we'll all be better off." And yet, we don't really hear that sentiment much today. That was volunteerism. They weren't being required. They weren't being forced. There wasn't a law that that drafted them into service. They did it because they wanted to. But exactly. But, but but where where are those? And we certainly can look at areas and see, but I'm looking at it from a macro perspective. Where where are those who want to give to their community to help their community rather than trying to legally force someone else by by the force of law to pay more in taxes to help their community. I agree. I agree. I wish there, I don't know where it got lost, but it definitely did get lost. Um, and I don't know exactly where I've just, and, and you've seen it and I've seen it because I'm mm-hmm. about 10 years older than you. So we've seen it and I don't know that there's a solution for it. 
other than to encourage people when they are volunteering. Right. You know, one of the things we saw recently, Kathy, was during COVID, there was we, we noticed that that donations to food pantries went up, that service to other organizations went up when there was this idea that it was an emergency that people people would give. Look at New York City when they got hit on 9-11, that people were right. lining up to give blood, to donate blood. So I do think that that as Americans, if we recognize that there is an emergency, that people will be more community minded. But like today, I just I just saw a story. Uh, I was it was yesterday on the news where donations to food pantries are going down, volunteering is going down uh, because there's no sense of an emergency. And I, it seems to me that we we shouldn't have to have an emergency to encourage people to give to their community. I agree completely, and I think part of the problem is we've gotten to the point of making everything an emergency, so people are 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 not as a cognizant as the fact that day in, day out, for some people, this is an emergency. Yeah, well, it, it just reminds me of in the first Incredibles movie, uh, the bad guy was Syndrome, and his point was, if I make everyone super, then nobody will be. But but that that philosophy, though, is like what you just said, that if everything's uh-huh. an emergency, if every little thing's an emergency, then in reality, there are no emergencies because everything's an emergency. Bingo. Wow. Hey, and thanks. I don't know how to stop that. Yeah. I do know the media is is a lot responsible for that. When I go to my email, the emails in the evening, I go through two um, sets of feeds where there are various articles from all around the the the, the world and all around both um, liberal and conservative. And the one thing that gets me is how often stunning and incredible and awesome and is used to describe things or horrifying. And when you read the article, it's like, no, it's not stunning. It's <laughs> a nice dress or awesome. No, they did what they were supposed to do. Exactly. And, and that, I think, has a lot to do with it, too. We've become so, I don't know. Hyperbolic. Yes. Good yes. word, Brad. <laughs> That's why you get the big bucks as an attorney. That's right. We've all become hyperbolic. That everything has to be hyperbole. It's over the top. It's the it's the greatest. It's the worst. It's the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. And then people turn it off. Yeah. So when it really is necessary, as in a day to day situation, they don't pay any attention to it because it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, it becomes the boy who cries wolf. If they tell us every day it's an emergency and it's not, then how do we know when it really is? That exactly. is that is a great point. Kathy, thanks for calling in this evening. Thank you for taking my call, and I'm glad I stayed on and didn't quickly hang up on uh, well, you. Well, me too, because we had a fantastic conversation. Thank you. And thanks for Thank listening you. to KMOX. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to take a break here. I've got some other folks calling in or texting in saying they want to give us a call. 314-436-7900. Would love to hear from you on that, but also on, on what are you thankful for? How are you going to be celebrating Thanksgiving tomorrow? And perhaps how have your Thanksgiving traditions changed over time? At your service, Brad Young. We'll be right back. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the 
better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Thanksgiving edition here of At Your Service. And uh, during the break, I was chatting with Matt. I wanted to get this on the air because, uh, Matt, what's your favorite Thanksgiving meal or food? I, I love green bean casserole. And I know that might not be a popular opinion, but the way my mom and my grandma before her made green bean casserole is just fantastic. It might be a bunch of added brown sugar or something in it, but I... I can't get enough green bean casserole every Thanksgiving. And, you know, I've heard people, because I, I love green bean casserole. In fact, when I left my house to come to the station tonight, my middle daughter was making it at my house. So we're having that tomorrow. But but I've heard, I've had people, like, we're having 30 people tomorrow. We always have a big, big meal at our house for Thanksgiving. And there are some people that don't like green bean casserole, but I don't understand why. They're not having it the right way. I, I guess. Same with the turkey. People don't like turkey as the as the main part of the meal but maybe that's because they've been they've been eating a dry turkey their entire lives or that i don't know they like the white meat over the dark meat i don't know well uh i got i got to tell you this story and i think you've heard this one before but a, a good friend of mine who's a police officer uh this was probably 15 years ago now had uh he wanted to deep fry his turkey have you had deep fried turkey no you know it's i, I was very skeptical all right. I was very, very skeptical until I had it. It is good. Now, I'm not saying I would eat it instead of a, a regular baked turkey because I don't like it that much. But mm-hmm. when you eat a, a, a deep fried turkey, you're like, oh, I get this. Okay. I, I get it. I I'm understand. Intrigued. I would have a hard time convincing my entire family to, to mix it up that, you know, for, for this year, though. it's I think they've kind of my, my mom and my uncle who are responsible for the bird each year. They kind of have their own method that they do. And I think it'd be hard to convince them to, to mix it up and deep fry it this year, but I would I would be interested in trying that. Well, what well, here's what you do because to deep fry it, I, I've never done it, but you have to have a smaller bird, so it's not the main meal for what you serve because there just mm. wouldn't be enough. You have to use a smaller bird, but it's it's crispy on the outside and it's juicy like the best uh, fried chicken you've ever had, except you get all the benefits of it being turkey as yeah. well. I, it is pretty darn good. But anyway, my buddy who's a police officer drops this turkey into the vat of oil, except he didn't thaw the turkey first. And what happens, classic science, you take frozen ice crystals on a turkey and plunge it into boiling oil. Okay. And the result is an explosion. Yeah. Okay. And, that's a, and so it burned not just his deck. Because he was doing it on this on his back deck, which is also a no-no. You don't do it on a wooden structure, no. okay? But it burned half his house. It burned it burned his kitchen off. It burned the back of his house off. 
But the problem, the problem is, and you know this from Guns and Hoses, that there's such a rivalry between yeah. cops and firefighters that when the firefighters showed up to fight the fire at this police officer's house that he caused mm-hmm. because he didn't know how to fry a turkey, he said the rest of his career, he recently retired, the rest of his career, he just got made fun of constantly around Thanksgiving. That's hilarious. I, yeah, I bet. I bet. It would be funny to see him and that firefighter duke it out. on. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think he'd do too well today. He would have in his prime, but not yeah. today. But, uh, but yeah, that, that once you have that fried turkey, it can be a game changer. Uh, when it, and Game, like, well, that was not intended as a pun, but because turkeys, <laughs> birds are game. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I know. Don't quit the day job. But, uh, but if you add it to the meal, it can be very good. The other thing that I love is, and I, I, do, I love stuffing. Yeah. I do love stuffing. Now, I, I, I was swapping texts with Ryan Recker this week. And Ryan Recker and I, we, we stay in touch. And I was texting him because that's a guy who loves gravy. And so a couple of years ago for Christmas, I gave him his own gravy boat because he always said he never got enough gravy at, at uh, Thanksgiving. So I bought him his own gravy boat. But I texted him a picture of this gravy boat. And I don't know, Matt, if you've seen this, but it's a gravy boat that's shaped like a cat. No, I'm not. Yeah. And when you pour the gravy, the ca- the, the gravy's coming out of the cat's mouth. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's better than the other end. Well, but- that's what Ryan texted. That's exactly when I sent yeah. him that picture. He said, I'm glad the gravy's not coming out of the other end. So yeah, <laughs> that's exactly Exactly what Ryan Recker said. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I do love some stuffing. So we're going to have lots of stuff tomorrow. I'm sure you are, too. But remember to be thankful. Uh, one of the things I want to make sure that I got to uh, is that I followed the launch of the new Starship uh, that SpaceX has. It's called, it's called Starship Super Heavy Lift Rocket. And it's designed to not only take... Uh, us to the moon, but it's also designed to eventually take us to Mars. So uh, this is the, I think, the the second test launch of the Starship. And you got to remember, the way Elon Musk's company is completely different than other companies in terms of testing. Other companies, they test to make sure it works. They test to make sure it works. They test, they test, they test. But they don't ever launch anything because they don't want anything to go wrong. Musk has the opposite philosophy. He says, let's build it as best we can, launch it, watch it blow up, figure out why it blew up, and then repair that. And if we do that enough times, it's going to fly just fine. And it it greatly expedites the time in which it takes to develop these these types of technologies. So the fact that this one blew up, he said in advance it was going to blow up. So it was no shock. But this is what the shock was to me. As I, as I was reading about this launch, I got into the bureaucracy, the red tape that's involved with launching this in Texas. Now, this is in Texas. It's not like it's in, a, it's in Massachusetts or New York or some blue state that's going to be heavy government regulation. This is in Texas. But, but here's what he had to go through. So, first of all, SpaceX had the rocket. It was built and ready to go in early September. But two weeks after it was finished, after he had it on the launch pad, 
notified the federal government that they were ready to go. Two weeks later, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services acknowledged that it had not even began doing an environmental impact study needed for the launch license. So they waited two weeks to even, like, return his phone call. And then when they got back to him, they said, no, we haven't even started. So <laughs> Musk, when he, he, he posted on X that it's absurd that his company can build a rocket designed to go to Mars faster than the federal government can shuffle paperwork. And there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. Uh, And so then the agency moved, according to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Agency, they moved with lightning speed, and it took eight weeks. Okay, so it took eight weeks to do what really should have been done very quickly. But the focus of their... The focus of their review was that whenever you launch something like this, there's something called a deluge system because water is ejected in terms of mist. And we've all seen that mist that kind of encircles a rocket before the launch. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife had to do an environmental impact of the mist to make sure that it wasn't going to poison the fish or poison the water. But because it's mist, it comes off of the parts of the rocket that are literally molten hot. That water is 100% pure water. And so the, it took them eight weeks to test water to prove that it was pure water when everyone said it was pure to begin with. But we had to spend another eight weeks. The, the, they did the launch. They did the, the environmental impact study on the prior launch. They're going to do it on the next launch. They're going to do it on every launch. But he has to jump through those hoops just to get that impact study done when the water that's run off is literally safe to drink. In fact, it's probably better than the water that we drink out of the faucets. And yet he had to wait to, to get the launch. But that's not all. I mean, next, they had to do an environmental impact study on counting birds to find out if birds would be impacted, combing the beach for sea turtle eggs, and trying to calculate the obviously minuscule odds that something from the rocket might hit a whale. I am not making this up. They also had to study and measure the vibrations to see how the vibrations would impact animals that are living in the earth to inhabit the area. Uh, It's it's really a shock that this rocket could even be launched because of all the bureaucratic red tape that's really holding us back. So you look at China. Certainly China right now is our main competitor in the world. Do you think China is doing environmental impact studies to see to what extent debris from space rockets might hit a whale in the South China Sea. Do you think they're studying that at all? Do you think they're studying how it could impact migratory birds flying through Tajikistan might be impacted by the launch of a rocket? No, they're not doing any of that. So am I suggesting that we shouldn't either? No, I'm not suggesting that at all. What I'm suggesting is, is that just like I talked about earlier, that as, <clears throat> as the, the understanding of rights that we're entitled to something goes up and up, then others, the freedom that others have could go down and down. So in this instance, our ability to expedite 
the the uh, looking to go to space, studying space, exploring space, all of that ability is being held back as government regulation grows exponentially. Should we have no government regulation? Of course not. Should we have total government regulation where nothing can ever happen? Of course not. So the idea is to find something in between. And right now, I, I don't know that we're doing that. When, when we look at the European space industry, right now, their space, space industry is in shambles. You don't see a lot being launched by the European Space Agency. Do they launch some uh, probes and satellites? Of course they do. But they're not developing technologies. They're not, uh, you know, Elon Musk has dramatically, exponentially lowered, <clears throat> excuse me, lowered the price and the cost of launching things into space. Why is that? It's because he's had, compared to Europe, a fairly tame regulatory system. Europe has it much worse. And Europe isn't developing any new science at this point because of that. But my concern is that when you look at the moon, uh, China has already said they want exclusive control of the moon's water-rich South Pole. And if that happens, we can't build a permanent structure on the moon because the only way to get fuel and oxygen for such a base is to build on that water-rich area on the south polar region of the moon because we can separate that ice turning it into water, separate the hydrogen from the oxygen, use, use the hydrogen for fuel, use the oxygen for breathing, and that makes it sustainable. But if China controls the south part of the, of the moon, then at that point we're literally frozen out from having a base on the moon. And at what point... Do the regulations prevent prevent us from leading the planet literally in the race for space? Those are something, those were stats that I had not seen until very recently. Hey, we're going to go to a break right now, come back with the last segment. Again, if you've got some favorite Thanksgiving memories or traditions, we would certainly love to hear it. 314 436 7900. Camo X. Don't go away. Welcome back to At Your Service. We're uh, sliding into the last segment here this evening. Thank you very much, Matt Pajeski. And we've talked about a lot of ideas tonight. One person texted in, and I asked him to call because he raised some interesting issues, and John has called in. John, welcome to CamelX. Hi, Brad. Good talking with you. So uh, kind of lay out, you, you had sent me a text when I was talking about, uh, you know, how the, the increase of rights means a decrease of freedom, and you texted in. What did you say? Well, basically the gist of it was because we have a system that allows others to build the wealth that they do, you know, at what point do we ask those people who are able to amass such wealth to contribute to keep that system going? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's word for word what the text said, but that's, that's basically right. the gist of it. Yeah. So, and, 
you know, and I'm glad you responded when you did because it now gave me something to like think about. And you said, what's the magic line? Yeah. There isn't a magic line because it's a way more complicated issue than just where do we draw the line at? You can talk about the merits of the flat tax versus a progressive tax versus a marginal tax, all that stuff. But uh, when it comes to this specific issue, I try to make it personal and how I would like, you know, want it designed for myself. And like, we have a very complex economy in the United States. One that obviously allows people to amass billions of dollars and fortunes and wealth and things like sure. that. But we also have people who are willing to give up higher earning potentials for careers that bring different types of rewards. Myself, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. Before that, before that, I was a, I was a veteran, or not was a veteran. I was in the military, and our military members don't get paid super high amounts of money. Teachers don't get paid super high amounts of money. So what I'm saying is, like, we need to try to, like, build a system that incentivizes those paths, vocations. And your previous caller, Kathy, I think, talked a little bit about this, of that service. And I think a way to incentivize that would be asking some of those people that have made billions of dollars to, like, you know, help support those that are giving up their earning potential to try and help support our complex economy. Okay. Two, two ideas I want to come back, come back at you with. First of all, is what is the idea that you're talking about something that should be ethically driven? For example, Matt Pajeski during one of the breaks mentioned about how Taylor Swift is, is taking care of all of her crew. She does all of it voluntarily. She gives up, pays them better than anyone else. Is that something that should just be an ethical or a moral expectation or are you envisioning this to be a legal requirement? No. And I, I mean, I think like when you talk about a legal requirement, as in like you're breaking the law, if you don't do this, then you're just going to find people will give enough to where they're not breaking the law and they don't want to deal with the problems of breaking the law or they'll find ways around the law. What I'm talking exactly. about is trying to incentivize the way that we can keep And I, I take more of a, I don't like the idea of ethics when it comes to, I mean, I believe in our government as maybe I'm an optimist. It's the social contract theory that we're all kind of pitching in for one another and creating a government that takes care of all of us um, or is supposed to. Um, but, you know, I, I believe more in the incentive route. So like, like I said, I try to make it personal for teachers, for instance, this is just my own personal experience. If you get into teaching and you teach for so many years, your education should be free because, like, I'm sacrificing my own personal wealth to give back to our economy in a way that isn't expensive through our public school system. You know, right? But but yet, on the other hand, on the other hand, John, I've got a lot of relatives uh, who are teachers. If you Uh if you invest in getting an education you're instantly mm-hmm. guaranteed a pay raise. You are. So at that but, point, so at that point, I don't understand why a, a teacher would have an expectation of getting a free education when really you're making an investment that will pay off in a higher salary. You are. Yes, and I agree and I've actually myself I have maxed out in my pay scale because you can move like laterally as a teacher across mm-hmm. pay scales and stuff. 
And then as you add years, you go like further down the, the pay scale. But I kind of maxed myself out and you could go look up how much I make online and it's nowhere near what I could be making with the same skills in the private sector. Well, that's true. But then on the other hand, so, John, you, you get things in the public sector that people in the private sector can't get. For example, uh, you have a protection from, from termination, except for by cause. Uh, teachers uh, have uh, a very truncated work schedule that is heavy on time off from school and holidays and so forth. Uh, this year, I, I'm in the private sector. This year, I, if, I take a, if I take eight vacation days, I'll be shocked. Uh, because of the pressures that I have in the in the private sector, but in the public sector, there's enormous amounts of mm-hmm. free time that you're given. So, yeah. so, well, so as I look at it, well, I think we, that we, I look at it that. But ahead, let me finish my thought, John. From my perspective, are teachers paid less based on their transferable job skills than they would get in the private sector? Absolutely. Anyone that says they're not paid less is is lying. But in exchange for that lower pay. People in the in the public sector are getting, in exchange for a lower pay, they're getting job security and they're getting a heightened amount of vacation time that people in the private sector don't enjoy. They could be fired on any day and they get far less in vacation pay. So to me, there's a quid pro quo there that while they're paid less, they're getting more in other areas. There, there is, there is, and I, and I won't disagree with that. And I'm not one of those teachers that like says, "Well, as me, I don't get paid much money." But like I said, I wanted to make this, I wanted to make this conversation just personal for my own view. Sure. Just, um, but now, and on on an individualistic basis, I completely agree with you. If you don't like the conditions in which your employment exists, you find new employment, right? But if we painted that brush across entire professions that commensurate to their education level or their training level, and I'm just going to say education, but to their training level, if those people, if if system-wide you had a decrease in quality, it would affect the system as a whole, you know? And so, well, and, and like, like you said, there are a lot of fringe benefits to it. There are still a lot of, like, things that people give up so that they can, you know, do certain careers. Social workers, for instance, they don't have some of the time off schedules that I was talking about, things that people like that. And they do work that is necessary to our economy. They do, absolutely. We're, but but, so, what, but what, I get, like, what I want to get back to, yeah, John, though, in terms of yeah. making this a conversation, you said a few moments mm-hmm. ago about incentivizing. Mm-hmm. And to me, mm-hmm. that as we increase government regulation, government taxation and government control, as we increase that, that's actually a disincentive to go above and beyond that. So I look at guys well, like at Bill Gates and and I look at Warren Buffett and they've pledged to give away their fortunes. And I say amen to mm-hmm. that. Thank you. You're you're recognizing that you're giving back. But to say mm-hmm. to the Jeff Bezos, you're not giving back, so we need to create government regulation to force you to do that. That would then create a disincentive for others to do the right thing if some are being forced to do the right thing. They're gonna. I, I, you're probably right. I don't have necessarily any data that, to say whether or not. I know tax rates in different places in different decades have been higher, and the prosperity has been high. 
the 1950s, for example, I think they had a 90 percent tax rate for the highest earners or something like that. And right. And talk about your disincentive. 90 percent so, tax well, rate. 90, well, 90 percent that decade was also one of the biggest booms economically sure. for the United States in the 20th century. Hey, so, John, like, I'm, are I'm, we really- I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off because we're coming up on a hard break on the sure. end of the show. Yeah. But thanks for texting in. Thanks for calling. Yeah. And I appreciate your participation in the show. Yeah, good conversation, Brad. I appreciate it. Call anytime. Thank you, John. Thanks. You know, John's call to me is the epitome of what talk radio is all about. We disagreed on a text. He calls in. We had a conversation. We found some areas of agreement. We found some areas of disagreement. I challenged him. He challenged me. And to me, that's what talk radio is all about. So I want to challenge you as you go into the Thanksgiving holiday tomorrow. I want to challenge you to, number one, Think about what you're thankful for, whether it's freedom, whether it's our country, whether it's family, friends, community. Analyze what it is you're thankful for. But then secondly, as I talked about in the first hour, I'd like you to think about to whom are you thankful. I'm thankful that coming up at 10 o'clock is the best of Dave Glover. I'll talk to you next week at your service, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.